Yes, I. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we need to just sit back and listen to the words that we're singing because with the power we have, all the power that Jesus Christ has given us, and there's no stopping. There's no stopping the power of God. A lot of times we, we sing these songs and we just sing. We don't think about the words that we're speaking out. But when we speak out our word, the word of God, we're speaking out power. We're going to have a little different service this morning. The Lord laid something on my heart to do this morning. So I want to have a little bit. Randy's going to have a little bit. Brother Russ going to have a little bit. And we're all going to, we're just all going to receive this morning. Amen. So, I, I got with them the other morning and I asked them if they'd be willing to do this with me because the Lord's been ministering to me about faith and obedience. And I want to share with you out of the book of Joshua. It's I've really been studying this about the the walls of Jericho. There wasn't I was sharing with Brother S yesterday, really there wasn't a the battle. There wasn't no battle. But when you get to studying it, you go back here and it it tells you what it was. And starting in chapter 6, or verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel, and none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do for six days. Now you stop and think about it. The walls, I don't know, 11 foot high and I read about a 35 degree angle for 30 some feet, all this on the walls of Jericho. Uh, these men of the army were marching around the the walls of Jericho. Uh, I mean, this great huge wall, what good is it going to do for us to march around this wall? What can we do? We can't get in. We We can't take the city because there's no way to penetrate these walls. God's plan was for the army to march around this city six days. But what good is it going to do? There's, there's nothing that we can do. To, but with obedience to God's Word, you've got to carry His plan out. He goes on, says, And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the trumpet, the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And people shall go up, every man straight before him. So, that's part of God's plan. But it had to be carried out, just as he said. Joshua says in here, 
When you march, you keep your mouth shut until I give you the word. You don't make a sound. You just march around this wall every day for six days. I will tell you when to shout. And people, that's where we've got to learn to listen to the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit's talking to us, we've got to learn to listen. We can't, we can't do what we want to do, because my, I don't have any control over anything. The, God has a plan for each one of us. Brother, He's got a plan for you. If you knew how big the plan was, it would scare you. But it's there. Just listen to the Holy Spirit minister to you. And I promise you, when you listen to Him, don't hesitate, but go forth and do what He tells you. Because it's there. He's got your plan and it's laid out. He, he's given you a, a desire in your heart to do His work. And that's be prepared. But be obedient. I'm as guilty as anybody in this church. Because when God tells me to do something, I'm still learning. If some, if he gives me a word from my sister, I can sit there and say, man, is this really God? Is this God or is it me? And I let it slide by. People, we can't do that. When God gives us a word for somebody, we know when it's from God. If, if a church calls and wants me to go minister somewhere, I, and I've said it before, let me pray about it. I mean, if a church calls and wants me to come minister, that's God's will. Let me go, go, go do it. I mean, there's no praying there. Yeah, let me pray on the way to get the word to give them, but that's all I need to pray about. So, when we think about the walls of Jericho coming down, it's through the people's obedience. And they had to have faith. But as, as they marched around this wall, there's always somebody thinking, what good am I going to do? But as long as you carry out God's plan, and you listen to what He tells you to do, and you do it, You've got to take that action. You've got to reach out and say, God has given me this word for you. Or, God's told me to pray with you. Don't put it off. Don't, don't turn your back and walk away and say, maybe, maybe it wasn't God, I don't know. That's right. Tomorrow never comes. Just be prepared because we know that God has our plans. But right here, this is where we keep everything. We keep it in our heart. We reach out to everybody because God's given us a work to do. So. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my brother right now because I know God's, God has given him a, a word and it's, it's here. So it's time for him. The brother Andy's coming. When Hank texted me the other day, he said that uh, he wants to do it over faith and obedience. I got to thinking about that. And last Sunday, you know, we had this big old flood, okay, and hurt a lot of people. Well, the word that he gave me was not that word, but after I got to thinking about it, in order to have what I was going to minister over, you have to have faith and obedience. You know what that word is? Now, hold on to yourself because it's been ministered and ministered and ministered, and the problem is 
We all say we have it. Now, right quick, everybody put your foot out. Everybody, put your foot out. Consider them stepped on. I've got mine done twice, okay? That big word is unity. Now, when he gave me that, I said, alright, Lord, we know we have unity. We know this church has unity. But then you realize one thing. When God tells you, here's what you need to minister on, something's lacking. Okay? I can say all day long, God, I have this. This is what we've been ministering on. This is what our church has. We're building. We're going. We're going. We're going. But then again, you think about it, He wouldn't tell you to do it if you're not liking in an area. And I'm glad we can all say amen on that because I'm one of them, glory to God. Alrighty, the power of unity. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1. This is the scripture that everybody that has ever went to church in their life has hurt because you got so many conflicts on this. When I say conflict, well, what really happened? Okay? Well, you know, that's when Jesus left and everybody knew what they was doing. And then, you know, they all prayed and they all, you know, in one accord, in unity, blah, 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 blah. When I say blah, 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 you ever watch Charlie Brown? Okay? The Peanuts Group. Anytime a parent or a teacher talks, here's what it was. Because that's what the children were hearing. Who's our father? God. Who's the children? Us. A lot of times what do we hear? Because we don't want to do it. You hear what I'm saying? We don't want to do it. Because it takes a little bit of effort. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, that's one scripture that everybody says, okay, they were all with one accord in one place. Alright, now let's get on with it. That portion of Scripture right there that is overlooked so many times. Let me show you what I'm talking about. All, when it was fully come, complete, that day had come. This church is looking for that day to come. Okay, when it was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Well, let's look at something here. All with one accord in unity. That's one accord. It goes further, church. Are you ready for this? And this is where I believe the church in general, and me, are like. In a relationship. Accord. One accord. In unity. Okay? Relationship. There's more than one type of relationship. You all know that? If we're human beings, we know that. You have a, a friendship, you have a friendship relationship. You have a family relationship. You have a relationship with your spouse. All three of these are different. And then last, but not least, which should be first, is the relationship with God. But you have all them relationships. I don't care who you are. You're going to have a relationship in each one of them areas. If you don't, you're not here. Everybody has a friend. You have a relationship with that friend. You either trust them or you don't. That's a relationship. In your family, 
You have a relationship with them. If you don't, you don't have a family. The relationship does not always mean it's good. You can have a bad relationship. It doesn't say all in good unity. It just says all in unity. Now, let's go back right quick to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. I'm going to show you something about a relationship. This is where the church is lacking. And it started back in Genesis. You ever notice anything we read in the Word of God? Anything you minister in the Word of God? Goes right back to Genesis. Right back where it started. And God said... You know, this wasn't man. This was God. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over all the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In their likeness, in their image. Now, let's stop and think about this. Why His likeness and His image? Have you ever thought about that? He wanted someone to fellowship with here on the earth. Now, beyond all popular beliefs, and this is where a lot of people get it completely out there. His likeness, His image. His image is not this physical thing. Okay? It was a spirit being. God is a spirit. He made us a spirit. He's not talking about that flesh or body. His likeness. Well, what is His likeness? One, faith. Okay? Number one, faith. His likeness. He put in us not only His power that He has, just as the minister said one time, you know, He made us the little G, the little God, because we're made after Him. Well, if when you get married, you have a child. Okay? I don't care. You cannot get away from it. That child is yours. He is made after you. In your likeness, in your image. Unfortunately, some of my kids have been told they look like their dad. Okay? So that was my image. But they have your likeness. They have your image. They are created after you. So were we created after Him. Now, that power... That relationship that He made with us gives us something that the church has put on a shelf over here and not used. Power, authority, faith, obedience. There we go. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. In his likeness and in his image. I'm going to skip down just a little bit here. Genesis 2.21 says, The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and said thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, do you remember what I was talking about, about the unity and one accord is a relationship? Okay. There was no one for man. 
God made somebody for him, male and female, in the spirit realm. Now he's got someone to fellowship with and have a relationship with. Now he makes man a woman. Now he has someone to have a relationship with. Are you ready for this? Spiritual, physical. You have your spiritual realm, you have your physical realm. Okay? Well now, brother, how do you get that? Read it! It's all right there. So now, let's go on down here. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That there just created a relationship between man and woman to become one. Just as God created the spirit man for a relationship, therefore the physical man and woman have a physical relationship. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Let me show you something here. And it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Okay, now we know the unity. Not only were they in one accord, unity, but in a relationship, not only with the body that was there, the new church, the starting, okay, the church, there was a unity there, there was a relationship, because who had been following Jesus? Who had got that relationship with Jesus? That's why they were there. Okay? But also with God. Remember that Jesus had already went out and got the keys back from Satan. So now we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father back. That was a promise that was given. Okay? He promised that. He had already taken care of that. Now he, he had already gone. Now they're going by faith and by obedience and now they're waiting for the promise to come from the Father. Okay? Now, with that promise, now, it says, in one place. Let's look at this from two different angles. Physical. The upper room, which was the third room, Okay, a lot of people don't know that, but the upper room, that was actually, if you go back and look, that was on the third floor. Okay? And if you go by numbers, okay, and, and a lot of people go by numbers, three would be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All three in one. That's if you go by numbers. If you don't go by numbers, it was the third floor of the room. Now, spiritual. The place we have in God. The place we can't, did you hear what I just said, can't be moved? The protective place. So they were all with one accord in a relationship with God, with man. They built that relationship. They're all together. They know each other. Yeah, they may have little perks here and there, but they get over it. Okay? They've come to a place in the relationship just like a family. You can have an argument, but you get over it. Just like your spouse. You can have that argument, but you get over it. Okay? All in one place. With God, what was that place? That secret place. Y'all ever read Psalm 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. That place where you cannot be touched. That place that you come into when that anointing falls, you don't care who's around you. As a matter of fact, you don't know who's around you. You've got that peace. You've got that anointing. You're in that one place. Nobody, but nobody can take that from you. It can't be done. The enemy can't come in and take it from you. Because it's your place with God. 
So now, we've got the physical place, the upper room. We've got that spiritual place that they know that they're at. They've got to that point. They believe Jesus. He taught them. When they're out in the boat, they found out there was a secret place. But they didn't find that out until Jesus got up. We don't find that out until we're taught, until He shows us a secret place. Okay, go on right quick here. Now when you put all these together, you can't be moved. Things are going to take place, but you have to make sure that that relationship with the Heavenly Father is good, but also the church family. You've got to make sure that relationship is good. You know, well, brother so-and-so looked at me and I know that he's upset with me because I did this over here. Okay, number one, they probably have no idea what you did. None whatsoever. Sister so-and-so has no idea. And you really don't know what they did. But you know how you, you know how that comes to pass? I'm getting ready to tell you. Acts 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gives them utterance. Now let's look at this. Now suddenly, quickly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and filled all the house where they were sitting. Physically, they heard a rushing mighty wind. Spiritually, could that have been? Are you ready? Because this happened here. Angel. Could that have been the angel coming in just ahead of the Holy Spirit, making the entrance? You got the wings. You got the movement. You got the speed. Angels are everywhere, church. Rushing mighty wind. How many times do people say, Boy, did you hear that? I could have swore I saw something flying or angels. Physically, we hear it. Spiritually, the angels are coming in. Now they're getting around to everybody. That anointing's there. Now we're ready. All of a sudden, and when they got there, and got everyone's attention. And they will. Just like we had on that, right up there that day. It got everybody's attention. Okay? And there appeared in them cloven tongues of fire, or, divi- or divided and rapid tongues, and they came upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a lot of different controversies about the cloven tongues of fire that set upon them. Years ago, I did a study on that. I wanted to know. Cloven tongues are divided tongues. Speaking in tongues. If you're speaking in tongues and you're speaking in tongues, they're both different. That's divided. Just like when you divide things out. Okay? Which makes perfectly good sense because in how many places does it talk about, you know, divided tongues? That was a cloven tongue. As of fire. Fire means rapid. When you speak in tongues, it's rapid. Okay? We're rapid. Now, physically, we're hearing that. Spiritually, we've got that movement. We've got that relationship. We've got that anointing all over us. And then what happens? Yobo public out here, here's something going on. Wait a minute. They, they hear physically. Physically, they hear it. Spiritually, they have no idea what's going on. Physically, they hear it. Now, you ready for this, church? A lot of the problem with the church, with God's people, is this. 
the enemy, when he was in the garden, he convinced somebody to take a bite of fruit. It doesn't this look good? What do you say? Looks. Physically, I see that. Spiritually, I have no idea what's going to happen. The enemy goes physically. God goes spiritually. Faith. Being a believer. That's how he works. Why do you think so many of God's people go around, oh man, I tell you what, I am so sick today. For my finances, I don't have a penny in the bank. It's what they're looking, it's what they're feeling, seeing, smelling, tasting. It's physical. Why do you think it's so hard to believe God for something? People say, oh, it's easy. Really? You pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. And all along, you look at your bank account and it keeps going down and down and down and down and down. Your gas tank goes from full and goes down and down and down and down and down. Or you get this sniffle and the next thing you know, you're <coughs> coughing. And the next thing you know, you're sweating. Okay? That's physical. Why? Because the human being, the fleshly man, will look at the physical, what they can see, hear, smell, and touch. And believe before they can something they can't. Kind of like Missouri, the show me state. you got to show me for me to believe it. You ever, you ever think about that? So where are we at? Where are we at? We're believing God, but you know, the enemy shows me this over here, so it must be true. No, this is true. He's showing you because God's the faith God. Satan's not a faith person. He wants to show you to get you to believe it so you can follow him. You say, well, no, I don't follow him. No, but you're falling into his trap because he can actually show it to you. Well, why don't God show? Because God's a faith God. He wants you to have faith. He wants you to believe in him. So, why do we have so many sick people out there? Why do we have so many Christians in the spots that they are, churches in the spots they are? Because instead of going over here in the faith realm, I'm not saying they don't have faith, they do. But instead of dwelling in that relationship of faith, they're dwelling in the here and now. What I am feeling, what I am seeing, and you can't get past that. Because it's there. We're human beings. What we can get past is, okay, self, I'm talking to you. You need to stop. You need to line up with the Word of God. Push to ourselves and get over to that point where we have that relationship back that we have back. He made a provision for us to get it back. We just got to use it. If we're not using it, it's not doing anybody any good. Well, you know, I'd get up and jump and shout, but we just don't do that no more. Well, now, wait a minute. If you was out there and someone called you and said you just won, you know, tickets to whatever concert, boy, you'd be just happy and go lucky. You ever heard that? You know what? I'm here to tell you. I've listened to two or three different radio stations, you know, where they call in and you can win this and that. Boy, and they're just ready for that person answer that phone and you just won. And then, yay! They don't do it no more. It's like, oh, well, thank you. Last business that I worked at, we called somebody because they wanted a shopping spree. $500 shopping spree. Yay! Oh, how long do I have to use it? Really? <laughs> I mean, really? That's the generation it's come to. Okay? If it's not two or three million dollars or billion dollars, oh, I wish it had been more. Well, can I have that to go with it? You, you ever go in there and someone says, okay, we have free coffee over here, free coffee and donuts. And you go over there. Okay, now you must remember this is free. 
Do you not have any uh, pudding-filled ones? Or do you not have any sugar? Do you not have any uh, cream to go with that? Now, wait a minute. You know, that's how a lot of times we are with God. He blesses us with something. Well, I wanted that too. <laughs> it's like, okay, this thing wasn't going to get it. Okay? Sometimes we got to take a little bit of time because how thankful are we going to be? Are we going to say, well, thank you, I appreciate that cup of coffee and that donut, and walk by. Well, I don't like it black. Well, you know what? If they give you, you know, a $100 bill, are you going to gripe because it's too wrinkled up? Or, well, that's brand new and I, I can't I can't move them. You ever notice that? You give some, some I've had people come in, $500 in hand. Well, I just got this and they just won't move. <laughs> 500 bucks, and you're complaining about it. We have to be thankful. But we also have to know that there's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm. God wants us to be an excited church. He created that whenever He created man. He created that. It come about at the new, when the, when the church started. When the Holy Spirit hit. Okay? Beyond all popular belief. The problem is, in the physical realm we hear the enemy saying, you know, that's not right. Someone's going to laugh at you. Someone's going to make fun of you. You don't want to do that. And then he gives you this mental image that you're seeing. And then you believe it. Now along God's going, man, I got this for you. All you got to do is open up and let me use you. Let me come in. And I'm going to bless you. What are people going to think? Think about it. Think about it. And you get to thinking about it. And you got that mental image. Just like a theater screen in your head. And nine times out of ten, what do we do? We listen because we can see it. That's why the church is in the place. What we need to do is get back to God, get that relationship back with Him, back with the church like they had. Well, you know, we, we love each other here. Yeah, we do. But how's that relationship? Is it, well, good morning. Well, Y'all have a good week. That's it. We're done. It's not a relationship. Caring for each other, praying for each other, and that's on a daily basis. Just like when you see your family on a daily basis. Amen? Amen. Thank you, brother. I'll share a little bit more with you real quick out of Joshua again. I want everybody to think about it, you know, because like we were talking, with faith and obedience. Everything Brother Andy was talking about, to me, was leading to faith and obedience. That's what we've got to do. We've got to be strong. We've got to do what God has called for us to do. And, you know, just like here with Joshua, the Israelites taking over the city. They had to do it with faith and obedience. I'm going to share with you here. Starting in verse 13, it says, The seven priests bearing seven trumpets of arms, horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came out of the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days. They were carrying out God's work. What the plans that God had laid out for them to take over this city. Verse 15, But it came to pass on the seventh day, that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only, they marched around the city seven times. 
It wasn't five times. It wasn't eight. What, nine times? But it was seven times. Because that, that was God's plan. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, and she she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. People, everybody knows that the time's coming closer. And we have to have the faith and obedience and do what God's called us to do. We have to, we have to be willing to step out. And we're not ordinary people. We have to be obedient and show our Christianity. This country was founded on Christianity. And we have to be willing to take that step. Just like God had promised Abraham 500 years before that this land was his. He had already promised him that land. But they had to be willing to fight for it. They had to take it back. They done what God told them to do. They followed out His plans and they took that land. So, this is our city. This is our country. The U.S. is our nation. We're here. We're going to take it over. But we have to do it through obedience to God. We have to do it through His plan. There's no other way that we can take this country back. They've tried to take it away from us. This is not a Muslim country. We can't step back and say, well, the Christian thing to do is just mind our own business. People, we have to, we have to go by the Word of God and do what He's called us to do. Each one has a place in this role. But we've got to be willing to step up and take charge. We have to be obedient to God's Word and follow His commands to be able to take it back. I believe we're on the right track. I know that things are coming forth. We're going to see more miracles. It's like Sister Kim's talking about the lady down there. She's seen one miracle. She's going to see another. And I visited with the instructors over some of the clinics and stuff. We're in a different game. Tell them, you know, I pray over each one of these clinics. The only difference is I pray that the people are healed before they come in. Bad business. They want people to come in sick. We want them coming in healed. It's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. What do we want? We want the doctors to be able to tell them where we need to pray. They might diagnose them with something, but they don't have to receive it. But we do this in faith. We know that we can take God's Word and we can stand on it and we can be healed. Nothing against the doctors. They tell us where to pray. That's all they're there for. God has allowed them the wisdom to be able to help us, help us recover, help us receive. So, we're getting closer, people. We're getting closer 
to doing what God's called us out. So, Brother Rustin, I'll turn it over to you. You know, when she was talking about uh, the lady at the hospital receiving that report, she got that report. She kept her faith in God. And her faith in God and obedience to stand on the Word of God. We might get a report from the doctor, but when we get that report, we got a choice we got to make. Okay? We have to say, okay, I hear the report, but whose report will I believe in? When we have faith in God, our obedience is to stay in faith in God. Because when He, we receive a report, thank God for doctors. We've been hearing a lot of doctors report the past almost six months. Okay? And nothing against them. Praise God for doctors. But when we allow what the medical field to be our final report, we have to stop because the enemy comes in and says, oh, this is what the doctor said. Amen? But when we say no, yeah, this is what the doctor said. But when Sister Kim said was, we have to be obedient. Just like Joshua was when he went across to take the people to take the land. They, they, he had to be have faith in God. Nowadays, we have to have faith in God. If he says, go to, go to the hospital and you're going to pray for someone that has cancer, they have 24 hours to live, and you speak life in their body, we have to have faith in God. There's a wall that's getting ready to come down, and they're alive, okay? And when we go in and say, I'm supposed to come pray for you, or the family member, member says, he's here to pray for you, we act by faith in obedience to go in and cause, speak to that mountain, speak to that wall to come down in the name of Jesus. Yes, we have doctor's reports. Praise God for doctor's reports. But our final answer has to be on the Word of God. Joshua took the Word from God and he went over and he took care of business. When we go to the hospital, we take that word from God and we take care of business. Because in today's society, in today's time, anybody in the medical field, no. Amen? No. They see a lot of stuff. A lot of death. But it's time, as Brother Hank said, you know, you're kind of in a, kind of in a bind. Well, when they come in to receive what the doctor says, they come into agreement they come back, they get the report that they're healed. That's what it's getting ready to be. That's what it's getting ready to be. Just like back in the New Testament when they said, go tell the priest. Let them see that you're healed. Okay? Well, that's what we got the doctors for. The way we go in, we talk to the doctor, there's nothing there. Amen? Because... We chose to believe the report of the Lord. And when we choose to believe the report of the Lord, guess what? The Word of God is going to manifest. He wants somebody to believe Him. He wants someone to have faith in Him. So He can take in these last days to see signs and miracles take place. But He's got to have us to do it. If you're called to go, go into the, this area or in the nations... Get prepared. Get ready. Because our faith in God is what He's dependent upon. That's what we depend upon. We can't be concerned about what people will say. Yeah, they're going to say something. But guess what? I do not have to respond to what they're saying. I can walk away. Amen? We are getting ready to see miracles take place. This year in Jesus' name. There's walls that's coming down. Mountains that's getting out of the way. I could get to where I was used. If you would turn with me real quick to Mark eleven twenty two. 
in order for us to do the things of God, we've got to have faith in Him. We've got to trust Him. And know that when we do what He says to do, it's not us doing it. We are the vessel. We've got, honestly, I'm going to speak to myself, I've got to get my thinking out of the way so God can do what He says. Amen? That way I'm pointing the fingers at me. Amen? We've got to. If we're going to have faith in God, we've got to get rid, we got to let ourselves go to the side and say, Father, whatever you say, this is your business. I'm just a part of it. Amen? Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering and saith unto them, have faith in God. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. Having faith in God is not a suggestion. It is a command. Anything that Jesus spoke to His disciples, spoke to us, it is not a suggestion. He's basically saying, get in line with my word and do it and it's going to happen. Amen? It's not a suggestion, it's a command. When He says, go. And something I've dealt with probably in the past months, more, more than that, is Sometimes he, you know, the thought comes in, fast a day, fast a meal. And is it just my thinking or is it, sometimes I'm honestly, I fail and I go out to eat lunch or whatever, do something. But it's the fact is, if we think God is speaking to us, it's important to do so. Again, I'm speaking right to myself because I've failed many a times because my stomach starts growling, blah, 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 you know, it's like, But when we think it's God speaking, it's important for us just to do it. Because even if He doesn't, He's going, He's going to bless us. He's going to bless us because you know what? The enemy's going to come in, try to get you, try to keep you from doing it. Well, if you just fast and say, Father, I just take this time, if you said it or not, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to get in your word. You give me the scriptures or whatever. That's okay. Amen? But when we have faith in God and obedience to Him, in these last days, we have to, and capitalize that have to, we have to, that lady had to, Take a stand when she got that report. She had to. Because you know what? There are a lot of people in heaven right now that's not supposed to be there right now. That is what uh, the Lord told just to plan us. Anybody's... And let me tell you something. Whose report will we believe? To end this, on my part, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the emergency room. Took Sabrina into the nurse, uh, emergency room. She she uh, texted me and said, pray for me. She told me what the deal is. So I'm just praying, you know, on the machine praying, you know. And a little later, Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit ministered to me what was going on. See, she was supposed to deliver a message that night. What? She's, she's going to be delivering it. Don't say, she's getting ready to deliver here in a couple of weeks. When this took place, there, there is something that she is going to minister. Just because there's a delay don't mean there's, there's not going to be a delivery. When she asked if I could, Get someone to trade. So I, we did. We got taken care of. Th- thank you for the ones that helped out. We, you know, the enemy will say, well, you didn't, she didn't get to do it. She didn't get to do it. Guess what? So what? She's going to. When we, everything turned out good. And when we got home that night, it was probably 9, 930. Well, you know, you get worn out in the hospital, waiting. But you know what? She's going to deliver that message, and the enemy ain't going to stop her from doing it. I declare it in the name of Jesus. 
There's been attacks in this body from every area. Every area. Where he can't stop you in one place, he tries another place. I said when he tries to stop you in one place and he can't, he'll try another place. That's why we gotta keep our faith in God. We gotta listen to the Holy Spirit when he says he's coming. Did you know the Holy Spirit will tell you when he's going to attack? Be cautious. And sometimes he'll throw a, there might be a thought coming in your mind, okay. Now if we, if we fail to, to get a hold of that, that's, we gotta repent and go on. Amen. But this morning as, as we're speaking on faith and obedience, let me tell you something. Our blessing is in faith in God and obedience to God. Cancer victims are going to be, it's going to be past. It's going to be a past because they're going, they're healed in Jesus' name. You know, people are expecting healing, an answer. The only answer to, to healing and of cancer, healing and diabetes is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And as we speak, real quick, I apologize. The 23rd verse. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, sickness, disease is a mountain. We gotta clarify. I believe he's wanting to clarify that sickness is anything that a person's diagnosed of, or if there's an attack in your body, that is a mountain that's trying to rise up. The, the doctors can't answer it. What's going on? It's a mountain that's, thank you, a mountain that's trying to rise up. How do we take care of that mountain? For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou removed. She said, she said, was, that cancer is gone. She, she was binding that cancer. She was commanded to leave that her body. And when she goes back to the doctor, she's going to get a verification that that cancer is gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't care if it's one month or three weeks. God can do it like that in the name of Jesus. That's right. When you pray, be, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things, those things that we speak out, those things that we say, Father, I'm believing for the healing in my body. I know what the doctors say, but those things that I'm believing for, they shall be done now. Now, because... God is in the miracle working business. Yes, there's a healing process. But God is also in the miracle process. If you're believing God for something, continue to believe. Like you, you and I was talking about yesterday about when is this going to take place. It's sometimes we just got to say, Father, I praise you for the manifestation of your word. I praise you for the mountain being removed out of this, our lives. Because the devil's trying to say, you're not going to get it. And you say, yes, I am. God's Word already said, I will receive. But shall believe that those things which he shall say, say it shall come to pass. Okay, I'm backing it up. And shall not doubt in his heart. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to fear in the name of Jesus. We're still trying to figure out the situation on her. No. I told her last night on our way home from Sonic, we went to get something for Sonic she wanted. I said, I know the, know the problem. And I'm not being, I already know it. When you go to the doctor, and the doctor cannot find out what's going on. You're dealing with a spiritual battle. That's right. That's right. It's an attack of the enemy. He already told me that. If you're dealing with an attack in your body, it's an attack of the enemy. Don't be surprised if you go to the doctor, and they can't find nothing wrong. That's okay. Because God's already got it taken care of. Amen? 
I've had doctors before, and I'll hurry up. Come into the ER room and sit, throw their clipboard down and say, Why are you here? I don't know. Literally. Because when we have faith in God and obedience to, to stand on His Word, whether you, we act on, act, we get up and go out and do, and pray for someone or we say, Father, Your Word says, I obey Your Word, I do Your Word, I speak Your Word. And shall not doubt in his heart. I don't doubt. I don't fear. There is, we have got to keep fear out. We've got to keep doubt out. When doubt rises up, because it will, I guarantee you, it will. Because people say, well, how long did it give you? Lot. They don't give me, they don't give me nothing. God gives me life. God gives me life. And thank God for doctors. Praise God for doctors. They work hard to f- try to figure out things they can't figure out, honestly. And we've seen it. We've seen it. Well, I can't, they can't figure it out. Spiritual battle. But shall believe in that those things which He saith, you saith, I saith, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever He saith. So keep saying, by His stripes, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're blessed, you're prosperous. And you shall have what you say. I don't care if it takes five years. Continue to do it. Amen? Verse 24. And therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. You desire healing? That's what thing. You desire a miracle in your life? You desire favor in your life. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe. Check our belief. I believe. If I'm having trouble with that, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. You know what? It sounds great in your ears, but when the devil hears it, he hates it because he's saying, you know what? They're getting a hold of the Word of God, what I try to keep them from doing by bringing fear and doubt in. Brother Hank, if you would go ahead and come this way. I'm finishing up. Please. <laughs> Therefore I say unto you that what things wherever you desire when, I, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye capitalize this in your mind. When I write stuff and I want to enhance something, I capitalize it a lot of times. Like blessed. When you, when you see, when you write blessed, I capitalize it. I'm not trying to say you can cap, I capitalize it. And I learned that by another minister, praise God. Therefore I say unto you, what things do you desire when you pray? Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. That is a command. Believe that you receive, and you shall have them. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply. Think of it this way. My God already has supplied. He supplied. He has already supplied all of my need according to His riches. Not my riches. His riches of glory by Christ Jesus. So this morning, as we encourage all of us, faith and obedience... If God is if God is telling us to do something, by God do it. And when I say by God, by Him, do it. And you will see the manifestation of the Word of God. Brother Hank? As long as we walk in faith and stand with obedience, we have everything that we need. We have the power of God because God gave it to us. There's, there's no need for anyone here. Anybody in our families, friends or anything, to go around sick, carrying a disease or anything. Because we have the power and the authority 
to get rid of it. It's time that we start working to take everything back. We, I don't know. I look at myself. You know, I, if I point a finger at somebody, I got three of them pointing right back at me. I go through things that, that only God can take care of. No matter how much wisdom and knowledge God's given to doctors, they can't heal us. There's not one doctor in this world got the power to heal any person. When you get healed, it's through the grace of God. So, we've got to depend and rely on Him for everything. So, when we need something, there's power in prayer. Power in agreement. So we call out to our brothers and sisters. And when we, when we go to the doctor, they tell us what's wrong or they give us their opinion. And that's all it is, is an opinion. We don't receive it, but we cast it out. There's no need to sit around and say, well, I've got cancer and they gave me six months to live. I'm going to die and there's nothing I can do about it. We don't have to accept that. It's the doctor's opinion that we have something trying to come against our bodies. Faith says we don't have it. We won't take it. We're not going to receive it because we don't have to. The only thing we receive is what we want.